Hi, everyone. I'm Valerie Malone, life coach, motivational speaker, creator of Love You Life program. You are listening to Real Talk with Coach Valerie Malone. Today, I have a special guest, Diana. She is an engineer by profession, and she's a business strategist. Thank you so much for being here with us, Diana. Thank you very much for having me here, and I want to say hello to you, the listener. I'm here to uh, let you know about my journey, and hopefully I can give you some nice insights for you and your life. Oh, thank you so much. So without further ado, tell us a little bit about it. You're a business strategist, but it wouldn't be fair for me to introduce you, so I know you're more than that. Tell us uh, about your business a little bit. Yeah. My journey is mostly inspired by my own experience as an immigrant who moved to Canada without a job and without language fluency. I formed a family and had a baby and I found myself in very difficult situations. I felt certainly very confused. I had a partner, had a baby, and uh, at the time I didn't have a job, no friends, no family, and not even support from my ex. So going through that hard situation was so eye-opening for me because um, I realized that I was now facing a very complicated uh, situation in life that for what I wasn't going to have any support other than myself. So it put me, you know, like in a discovery journey of myself and my capabilities. And it took me to the point where eventually I got a job and in engineering and I was able to uh, you know, design a little bit better my life for more success. So th the idea of having, um, you know, my practice taken to a more uh, personal type of consultancy came from this idea that it was very difficult for me to become a mother and a professional um, in the engineering field at the same time. So I decided to create my own solution for that. And it was um, the beginning of my practice of... Um, uh, helping small businesses to implement systems, automations, and to create lean or minimalist business, as I call it. All right. Yes, that's what a journey you have. You almost have a similar journey like me. My listeners are knows because I do talk about uh, a lot about my journey. And, and, and every time I create an episode, I always um, put a little bit of my story. And I think the reason for that is, and I think it's so important for women to understand it, because then we can say, wow, like you are a mother, you are a wife, you are an entrepreneur. And there's so many hats we're putting. And then that's why it's important because these people are sitting over there at home and thinking about it like, oh my God, like, I don't know what to start and what to finish. And that's why I want to bring experts like yourself that it is possible to be an entrepreneur, to be a mom, to be a partner and to be in uh, a wife and a sister and a daughter and everything else. Cause Diana done such a good job. But uh, my first question would be, what made you start your own business and what are some challenges that you faced when you started your business? Yes. Um, what made me start the business was that, you know, inspirational kind of part of my life where at the moment it was uh, characterized by pain. It was difficult for me, that challenge. And then it became more like, let's think in a solution. Uh, the fact that I had to leave my kid in a daycare and uh, that I wanted to be a mother, but I wanted to be a professional at the same time. So that struggle inside me with an identity that 
I know I am a mom and I want to be a mom, but why the system have to be like that, that I have to renounce to the opportunity of being the whole day with my kid because the society says that you have to go to work in order to provide for the kid. I think that I thought a lot about this situation and I found myself confused and, and sad many times having to see him crying when I left him in the daycare. So that was one of the reasons. So it was all, also all, all, like it came from an emotional difficult time for me. And also the fact that I realized that I was giving away my life to others to control it. And it was difficult for me to cope with that idea. I said, why is that as a human being complete as I am, I cannot be free. Like there is something in my mind that is telling me that I have to give the opportunity to others to decide for me. For example, why somebody has to decide or a system has to decide that I have to stay seven hours, eight hours, nine hours in a workplace. Why? Uh, there were many times that I wanted to go home earlier, but I couldn't because I, I of course, you, you are tied by the system to have to do that. And so those two main aspects made me to decide I have to find a solution. I want to have more freedom for myself, find myself capable of something more. And at the same time, feel that I am able to be, as you said, a mother, a daughter, a, um, a wife, um, uh, you know, like a business woman, a creator, etc. And uh, at the beginning, it was very hard. That was one of the challenges um, that you know that you have a lot of, you know, like knowledge, experience in the professional side, uh, that you have the capabilities, that you have all the beautiful heart because you went through all that difficult pain and you want to help people, but you don't know exactly how. So not having the exact strategies at the beginning anyways pushed me to find solutions, uh, educate myself a lot in other areas that I wasn't very savvy and uh, after that, it just started to come together and in a beautiful way because it allowed me to what I wanted at the beginning, more freedom for myself and the possibility to discover those skills and talents that I didn't know I had. You brought such a, such an important part that is now it's actually is becoming the new norm. And you, you really explained that really good because a lot of women that are like, leaving their kids in daycare and seeing them crying and going and you're like, oh, I'm obligated to work for eight hours to provide, right? And it just breaks your heart to see that. And then you're saying, and, and the other thing, the other perspective that is also, like you said, you have so much talent, you are so capable, you are so strong, but you're actually building someone else's business being control and building someone else's business and getting very little pay and controlled by the uh, uh, corporation and telling you, okay, you can't take the day off. You have to do this for some people that may work, but, and, and especially now with the COVID heading and with the, um, every, the pandemic is actually in our benefit because what happened is that my, my opinion, what happened is that now is more important than ever for women to consider and saying that, okay, this is the chance to reflect on yourself and say, hey, if I ever had any dreams that I wanted to work from home and spend some time with my kids, as well as to have the freedom to be my own entrepreneur and be a wife and be a woman and actually have some freedom so I don't have to drive back and forth. So it's kind of like almost from, if you believe in God or faith or whatever, it's almost 
that shifted the whole thing and it's more we're more virtual now than ever so that's why i wanted to bring you over here because i know you did it in a tough time when people were going out me and you we started when 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 people were going out but now people are looking to do this more and being home so with that being said what is a minimalist business yeah and that's a good question because um it's something that is not very popular you know okay. even sometimes i say in people here you know person to person i say do you know what is um, minimalism or what is a minimalist lifestyle and not even as a lifestyle which is more popular now many people don't know right. so i um basically the concept from a minimalist lifestyle comes from the philosophy that less is more that's the basic phrase and it's all around this idea that the less stuff you have, the more you can find fulfillment. So it takes you to a journey within yourself and of course your surroundings of finding joy without having to depend on so much stuff. Uh, the benefits of that, um, you know, lifestyle is that you don't put your hopes, your faith, your uh, expectations in the fact that one day I'm going to become, become successful and, that day, and on that day I'm going to become happy. So in this society that is very, you know, the consumerism and the capitalism make us a little bit depending on the system in that sense, thinking that we're going to have we're going to find the happiness once we have a big house, like the big house that we see in these uh, Instagram accounts, in social media, um, or once we become millionaires, or once we become, you know, like with, the, with all of these things that we see that people promote. Um, but we realize that even some people that have been very famous and very successful, they also say many times that the happiness is not even there. And they have been there having all of these possessions. So possessions, at the end of the day, doesn't give us freedom or happiness. So after I implemented this lifestyle in my life, I realized that the similarities of the actual lifestyle in terms of business were so evident. And I found the similarities because I went through the personal journey into implementing that in you know in life in my own house i declutter all my house and i organize my house in a different way and i got rid of a lot a lot of stuff that, that i used to have and that cleared my mind as a result too so then uh, when i of course i'm an engineer so most of my experience has been uh, developed in the implementation of systems in small businesses that was what i did when I was um, in Colombia, my origin country. And this is based on the philosophy. It's a Japanese philosophy that is called Keisen. And Keisen means continuous improvement. Uh, these are like strategies of high level management and uh, also quality management. So in quality management, we learn that as soon as we implement systems in terms of processes and procedures in our businesses, the businesses can become more efficient. This involves that we have to get rid of all the inefficiencies or all the activities that are not bringing value for profitability in the business. 
So the, the, the similarities between a minimalist lifestyle and a minimalist business are super evident. In engineering, this is called a lean business or a lean model in, in um, strategic management. And in a normal lifestyle, it's called minimalist. So I decided to create this model called a minimalist business. And the minimalist business has um, strategies from engineering to get the business towards that goal of become profi profitable by getting rid of all the, uh, the activities that are not bringing ultimate value added to the core um, activity of the business. So that's uh, basically a minimalist business. Wow. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot to explain, <laughs> but that is so simple. Yes, at the end of the day, it's simplicity. It's, we have invented many complicated things. And one of the risks that I see is that the technology, I don't know if you've realized all that, but every single day we're having a new tool, a new resource, a new, like, you know, the latest thing to make your things faster and faster. And now we are overwhelmed and we don't know what's the best to do or what, is, what would be the tool that is gonna make us things easier and faster. So, but at the end of the day, it's about the simplicity, what makes sense just for your business and the activities that the type of business yours, not in a general business, not like what anybody else could be selling and implementing is just what is yours. So it's a tailor um, design of system for what is make, makes sense for you and the tools that would make sense specifically for that type of business. So the idea of a minimalist business is that you, even if you find a lot of success and you're making six figures, seven figures, eight figures, you understand that as the more that you grow in a business, the more complexities you're going to add, not just to the business, but also to your life because you have to attend more systems. You have to attend more ways to make things work. A team, like a bigger team, maybe a remote team that is kind of like a little bit complex when a business is big. So the idea of a minimalist business is that you create something that makes perfect sense for how your life, you want to live your life, you know? Let's say that you have a passion for hiking because you live in a very natural place. So then you create a business that makes sense for that and every single day, you can do your two hours or three hours of hiking or, you know, just like sharing that time with a family in a way that makes sense for you. So the idea is to implement strategies, these strategies, these methodologies from engineering and um, this um, model about a lean business um, strategically so you can focus in what it really matters, which is strategy. That is the idea of making a lean business, not necessarily about how, how much income I can get with these profitability forecasts and, and you know, financial uh, project projections that you can make in terms of um, strategic management, but more from the point of view of what is the income that I just need to make sense of my life in the way that I want. You know, so when you transform that, you know, that perspective about your business, it's not just about a 100, 200,000, 300,000 
because I, it just occurred to me that is, um, you know, uh, balance in terms of the cost that I have and the profitability that I want. That's a traditional method. But this model is more about what is what makes sense for you and your lifestyle that you want to have. So in this model, we can see how it's not just about the money. It's about how you project your life and how you want to spend your time and in what type of strategies you want to focus on. It is so important, and I'm so glad you mentioned that, okay? Because a lot of women out there that are entrepreneurs, and we, uh, some of them started later, and they see the people, and you see these posts that are like, oh, you know, uh, let's make your business six figure or let's, yeah. uh, let's do this, let's do that. And um, the first thing I'm going to break it down to people, to the listeners between me and you, so they can get in the concept of what I mean, because this is real talk. And over here, we talk for real and we tell you the truth of how it is based on our experience. First, when you start a, a business, the first thing goes through your mind is com comparing yourself to other people. So here's the people that are showing all these stuff. They, they work three years, four years before behind the doors. Nobody sees their work. And then all of a sudden they're making money. They're putting everything up. They're creating a program. They're saying that, hey, I'm going to get your business from level one to hundred and sign up for this. And this is what's going to happen. And we just, for our first year or second or sometime even three years, we just comparing ourselves to other people and thinking that this is how much money you may will have to make. Or like you said, and I'm glad you mentioned that uh, having a bigger house, uh, have to show this many income. But in the end of the day, and I know I read this in an article, if you sit down and, and write down the blueprint of your business and say to yourself, okay, these are my qualification. This is what I want to teach people. These are my clients that I wanted to attract out there in the market. And this is the amount that I want to make in a year that is profitable for me and for my family. Now that could be, I'm telling you, that could be a smaller number and it bring a lot of pressure down for you to work and make that happen versus going already to a six figure. I got to make a six figure. You cannot make six figure when you start a business. And even if you're in the business for three years, I hate to say it to you, it just does not happen. And I don't mm -hmm. care how professional you are because in online business, there's other requirement that we have to consider. And a lot of coaches that are out there ahead, unfortunately, they don't mention it. And number one thing is to position yourself as an expert is the number one thing. Number two is to, for people to build a trust with you. To build a trust with you and say, okay, I see this person. I've seen his work. I've seen her all the time. She's very consistent. She's always there. I can trust. Nobody gets some money out and say, oh, I saw your video one time. Let me buy you products or services. It just doesn't work that way. And products may be a little bit working, but in the service now. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Ladies, if you do have a business, just like she said, simplicity is very important. Do your blueprint. And then when it comes to money, just figure out your end goal of how much do you want to make from your business in order to support yourself and your family comfortably. And that will bring very little pressure versus if you're comparing yourself to the people that are making million dollars. Hey, you're capable of making that. You can make that. But the stress at first is not worth it. So that's why I'm so glad you mentioned that part because it's important for women entrepreneurs to know that. Uh, so now another question for you. What strategy can somebody use to establish a lean? Like you said, lean is more or less for, for listeners. Uh, minimalist is very um, do less, uh, gain more. 
that's really what it is. So how can somebody establish that in their business? Yes, I like to bring like a frame from also from um, engineering um, that is called a PDCA cycle. And it stands for plan, do, check, act. Mm -hmm. So it's a little like um, general frame for when like somebody can start implementing these strategies. And if you are someone who already has a business or is planning to have a business, the best idea is to start, of course, is plan, like the planning. And that involves listing, making a list of the processes and the procedures that are going to be involved in the business. Or if you already have a business, so then it will be making a list of the processes and the procedures. And it has, of course, a lot of more, um, you know, specific um, um, methodology there in, in terms of what is a process because we, we can confuse process with what is systems but let's say that you have the process of finance the process of um, you know design the process of um, whatever is uh, like the all the little areas that make your you know company work the way that I see a business because I'm an engineer, I see it exactly as a machine. So the machine has many parts and all of them, we have to figure out ways to make these, all of these parts, you know, working together so well that at some point after you have created this machine, the goal is that you can leave a little bit the machine, you know, like focusing the strategy, but try to make the machine uh, to work by itself. That is the ultimate goal because we value more freedom than um, money, right? So the idea is to make it practical, uh, to be to being able to be run the business without too much, you know, um, intervention. So as seeing the, the business as a machine, then there are processes that are there involved. So you have to list them. And the idea is that at some point, you're going to measure how any of these processes is performing through what is called key performance indicators. So if we don't do the right job at the beginning of making the right planning in terms of describing what are exactly the process and the procedures that are required to have a, a final product or service, if we don't do that correctly, then we are not gonna know exactly what we are gonna measure, right? So the first step is that, is to list the processes and procedures. When we are going through that process, we are gonna realize that maybe there are activities that we didn't see before, but are there not necessarily adding value? Or we can realize that are there may be, may, may be some activities that are being repeated without need. Those, that use of time, you know, in terms of all the, all the stuff that you're doing or the virtual assistant or the, you know, social media manager or um, the people that is designing, whatever. Um, when we do this type of double activities, it's money that is involved. Sometimes we don't see it. When we don't start studying the business like that or setting up the systems correctly, we don't see it. We just, you know, we get the bill and we pay. We are not analyzing how the business is running or the machine. So the idea is to go deep into that study of how these processes are working and do the right planning. That is the first one. And then the do uh, stands for 
um, trying to as much as possible execute and get rid of these inefficiencies that you see in a more lean way. So realizing of these um, inefficiencies or activities that are not producing value, getting rid of these ones. Everything has to be, you know, like written or documented because the idea is that the system, for a system in order to be able to work by itself, we have to be able to create these procedures that are absolutely clear. And the benefit of that is this. Let's say, for example, that we hire a virtual assistant and this virtual assistant after two years of working with us, we were super happy, but she decided that she was gonna undertake another career, maybe as a, an interior designer, let's say. We get a little bit stressed out because we don't know how we are gonna give these new activities to the new virtual assistant. And that is gonna take us a lot of time from our time maybe uh, to explain or train somebody to do that. When we have systems and we have procedures, we don't have to do that because the system is already set up so you don't have to intervene. So if we have procedures, the, the assistant, any person brand new, brand new to the company, even a person that is not even trained in that type of job or don't have that capabilities to be a virtual assistant, somebody, anybody can read instructions, very clear instructions and being able to perform the job. So that is the beauty of having procedures and systems established for your business. It saves you, saves you a lot of money. It saves you a lot of time. And at the end of the day, it's complying with the, the ultimate goal of creating, you know, like more freedom for yourself. So you don't have to be doing all of these minor activities. So that is the purpose of do is like to get rid of these activities that we don't need and implement the right procedures, as I said. Then the third one is the check. And in the check, it involves that you create ways to measure these processes. How do you know if the finance process is working 100% to its fullest capability or its fullest um, efficiency? So how do I measure the finance process? Like how long does it take for the finance process to provide me with financial statements, for example? or um, these are type of indicators that we can create, or how long does it take for a design to be able to done for the client without many mistakes? Because every time that we have a reprocess, it's more time that we're investing that we could be doing in another new business. So all of these are indicators that we can create. And the idea is to create one or two indicators for every single process. Once we do that, we have information super valuable to be able to analyze with real data where we are going and how we are doing it. It's more like a, like a, a way that, like a more objective way to make solid decisions. As I said, all of this comes from a strategic management and the ones that have been employing all of these strategies are businesses with a lot, a lot of money, you know, like big, big companies. So my objective is to bring these strategies that are for high level companies to very, very small businesses. Uh, because that's what I did in my country. We work with many small businesses owners implementing these type of strategies from a strategic management. So um, I feel also that as a small business, 
when we don't know all of these um, implementation of strategies, we operate the business a little bit from what we can get from here, from here, from there, without, you know, like a model or like a, like a framework that we can trust on. We don't know if this is going to work. Let's put it and, and try. Um, but when we have a, stra a strategic model, we know that all decisions are being based every single day on the results that we are getting. And we are measuring them and we are seeing them in, a, in something that is called um, a, a scoreboard. It's, it comes from a, from a, a, strat a strategic yeah, management tool that is called a balance scorecard. So in the balance scorecard, we can see uh, the efficiency of the design process in May, for example, in July and for every week. We can design that in many ways. The idea, the general idea is to create indicators that can let us know how every process is doing and to make solid decisions. Now, the idea also is that generally we make indicators and we make decisions after one month. For example, we create an indicator and we run it for one month. And after the month, we see how well it did, 70%, 80%. We create goals also, of course. But once the month is passed, it's too late to fix something that happened in the first week. So the recommendation is to create indicators that we can track in a, you know, more often, like earlier enough to make decisions. If something happened in client, in the client service type of, you know, process, uh, if we wait until the month, the client is already mad. The client left already. So we need to take action, being able to take action and address this type of concerns fast enough. And the act is basically that, is how we can implement these continuous improvements timely in the way that we can get the data, analyze it and make the decision and allows it, the system to run like that for um, being able to uh, implement actions of continuous improvement that can be done before the same mistake happen again. So as I explained, all of this framework comes from engineering, from strategic management. It might sound a little bit, you know, like new, but this is what big companies have always implemented. And um, what we did is just try to bring the model to small businesses so we can also get advantage and apply it and create businesses that can, you know, um, give us the freedom or the flexibility to uh, have more solidity there or more, uh, you know, like a object, objective uh, frame to make better decisions in all small businesses. Right. So um, now I know I'm going to get this question asked, but I'm going to ask you before they ask me, my listeners, when you said that the system has to be set up and it's so important, the system has to manage itself. We have to design the system in a way that can, automatically run and it has a simple um, direction for somebody that comes in a virtual assistant leaving and all of a sudden the owner is going to say oh my god who's going to do this job and you said okay it's, it's already set up so accurately that you can just have anybody just simply read the direction and follow up and check on it whether it's monthly or yearly or weekly however it is now what about if people say that well like you said you can't just put anything and try it 
Like I know, I know in a small businesses, a lot of people are trying. They just, like you said, they don't have a strategy and they just put something out and they're trying and trying. And like you said, not only they're going to waste money, but also waste time. How much time do you give somebody to try something? Is it good to try something for a month or is it good to try something, give yourself a six months? Let's just say if they, they wanted to work with you and then let's just say if we have these blueprints and strategies set up. How long we have to stay back and watch to see the system going before we say, okay, this process is not working. Let's change the strategy and do something else. I think that it depends on the type of business, how complex is the business, how their operations are set up already. If there is nothing set up, it's going to take longer, of course. And how is the vision of the leader? Because the system can be designed or redesigned in terms of where the leader is seeing it going. So if the leader says, you know what, I right now I'm not incorporating courses in my, you know, offerings, mm -hmm. uh, but I like to incorporate them in one year or two years, then okay. it creates more, you know, uh, um, steps in the process and how you're going to design it. So I would say in terms of time, it depends, but this is something that can be done. Let's say if somebody's starting out or basically is, has the business already going, but they want to actually have a, like a solid frame for them to uh, make sure that they are going more like certain toward that goal of profitability. Um, I would say my experience, what I saw in small businesses, when I work with many businesses, the system implementation system, I work, for example, with a company that had about 300 employees and they took about eight months in implementing these systems because it's a big company, right? But I saw small businesses that might take three months or six yeah. months. It depends on the complexity. It's something that, we can say three months for a business and always, always is going to vary, but, uh, you know, it change depending on how fast they are able to do these activities. Because honestly, um, if the small business owner is a person that is educated a little bit in businesses, is going to have a little bit more background to, to implement this faster. Yeah. But when that doesn't happen, then there is a little bit of a curve, a learning curve that we have to go there to understand these concepts of business and financials and uh, yeah. like team management, all of these simple that, that, I mean, it seems obvious that everybody is doing it, but when we have the business, we realize, and we don't have that background, we realize, oh, this is something new. So now I have to take care of people. Now I have to take care of money. Now I have to get clients. Now I have to get going marketing, you know? So yeah. there are additional uh, it, it, it things that is a learning curve for someone who is studying out that makes, can make, the variation in the time for the system to be implemented in a in an effective way. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's very, you know, interesting to see how small businesses, and I think that with technology, technology, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a passion for me because um, as an engineer, of course, um, it's, a, it's a tool that we can definitely, um, or a, yeah, like, um, 
like a way that we have definitely there to in these times to uh, leverage the implementation of all of these um, you know trying to make our systems or processes faster and better um, the idea is not to get overwhelmed with so many technologies the idea is to find the right automations and the right tools i see very often for example in facebook groups hundreds of people asking what's the best platform what do you think that is the best platform for you know automations the best platform to make sales funnels the make platform and we're just speaking about marketing right automations in companies can happen in all levels right. not just in marketing uh and i and i <laughs> there is so many people asking that but I say inside myself, it depends, you know? Right, right. Depends. You can find a, a general answer. I can tell you Kajabi, which is what I use for, you know, marketing in that sense, for sales, the sales part. But it depends. It depends on the big, the size of your business, the type of your business. So it requires a study there. Someone that is an expert and can study your particular, you know, is an expert in that, in that, in that uh, field and can even consulting companies do this and can create, you know, or recommend the best um, uh, automation that would give you or provide you with the best uh, results or capabilities for your specific business. No, you're right. Because Kajabi, like if, you, if you're not creating a course, digital course, or if you're not creating a membership, then you're better off going with something that is just depend on what it is. If you're doing one-on-one -on -one coaching or if you're doing group coaching mm -hmm. or like if you're using Zoom and now Facebook, Instagrams are giving a hell of a lot of tools now available. And some of them are even for free. And I just noticed that uh, Gmail, Gmail is actually now giving people a, a opportunity to because... Um, uh, Zoom got overwhelmed and God knows how many people are going in there, but Gmail actually is providing some, something that people can do their meeting through that mm -hmm. and uh, YouTube as well. So yes, ladies, like it's depend on your business and the vision of your business and the size of your business, uh, short goal to start, make the, I, you know, get the idea out there, start with something, don't get overwhelmed, like you said, but there's a lot of stuff to do. My personal opinion is I think the less you do, the better it is. I think if you can get, even in a, so a social media platform, get comfortable in one. Get comfortable in one, do that. Once you get that going, like you said, like an engineer, like the system, well, that's going, then go to the next one, go to the next one. You don't have to be in all social media because that makes you overwhelmed. You don't have to have all this tool of click funnel, this, that. Maybe you don't need it in your business, but mm -hmm. that's what you teach them to eliminate things that is not necessary and add things that is absolutely can make your business profitable, right? Yes. Wow, that is so good. Good information. So if someone want to actually um, scale up and, and lean business, uh, how can they do that? Like where, where, where how would they start? Like I, let's just say somebody comes into you and I'm coming into you and I'm going to say, okay, I have an idea of a business, right? And I mm -hmm. want to make it like, you know, I want to learn from you and make it lean and simple. And is that even possible to do? Or is it like, how would that work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, at first glance, it might sound contradictory to try to scale a lean business. But the general idea is that a business is designed to make sense for your life, not the other way around. So under that pers perspective, um, we can see that once the business is generating a stable income, it's possible to scale it through the application of automations 
and technology. Right now, we can see actually how all the technology has pushed us to be on top of new tools and resources uh, than ever before. And because of the fast pace that it moves, any small business can be small um, also fast with the right strategies. So I think that it's very possible for a, a small business, a lean business to scale. Uh, it's something that when we speak about the word scaling, is something that we have to have in the mind that is not something that happens fast. I mean, it, 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 with the help of technology, of course, it's not like before that it would take, you know, 10 years, 20 years to, to get a business to a uh, level of growth. But now with technology, we can do it, you know, faster. But anyways, it's not going to be one month, three months. It, it's going to take some time. Uh, once the business gets adjusted in the market and gets that, you know, um, yeah, adjustment that is going to actually bring the right clients and create that stability over time. That, that's the main struggle of businesses, how to create, how you can get to a level that you like, but how you maintain that level. That is a struggle or, or yeah, grow it. So to scale it, I said, and how, analyzing how the technology is going, we have to um, be aware that what is, go, what is coming is a huge, huge shift again in technology. We are having something that is coming, which is, we are seeing it, but we're going to see it soon in a, in a different way, which is artificial intelligence. Uh, we see how robotics are making uh, a change in businesses a lot. We see how um, the nanotechnology revolution is making a, a huge change. Um, so all of these things that are coming for us, um, we're gonna, as a small business owners, we're gonna have to adjust properly. Otherwise, uh, exactly like happened in the, in, during this pandemic, if we are not there, um, then there is almost not gonna be any business. Because unfortunately, we have to be where the visibility is available to get the clients, right? So we have to be in another learning curve with these uh, technologies. And uh, it comes in the sense of similar to these automations in which operation, like uh, labor type of jobs in regular industries or entry level type of jobs where um, there is an assistant, there is a person, there is a, an office, there is, you know, the team that you can see around, that is going to tend to disappear and it's gonna be replaced by artificial intelligence. So at some point, we're not gonna to have to write the emails. The, the system is gonna write emails for you. You're not gonna to have to hire an assistant. Uh, the artificial intelligence is gonna do those activities for you and so on. So I think that I took this opportunity to speak about what is coming in terms of technology and how this is related and is gonna impact your small business. Uh, because it's related with how you're going to scale it. The, 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 the answer for that, it would be to implement the right technology and automation systems in order to scale it in the future. Right. What a good information. I can, yes, you're so right. This is such a good information, especially in time like this. 
especially in time like this. Um, so before we end, yeah. I always ended like, for me, my advice to anybody out there, to the listeners that are listening to us and saying that, okay, I have an idea and I wanted to open my own business. Pandemic is here. I want to uh, shift my career. I want to get, uh, you know, more freedom um, and, and make it business of my own, become an entrepreneur and make my business profitable. My advice for those people would be to simply just start. Don't overthink too much because sometimes overthinking too much can discourage us and, and prevent us from actually becoming entrepreneur, become, it becomes very overwhelming and scary. But if you do have an idea and if you wanted to be entrepreneur, just go for it. Dip your feet in the water, just go for it. As you're going to become an entrepreneur, on the process, slowly you will learn things as you go. That would be my advice just to start. Don't wait and don't say, don't be scared to say, I'm not gonna be professional, I can't do this, what if I fail? Because my practice is on simply take a chance, be brave and, and have the courage to just go out there, be your authentic self, start your business. And if you have a small business and if it's shifting, scale up your business. This is your time to be authentic. This is the time to just be yourself. This is the time to try something new because this is the best time right now than ever. So just start. That would be my advice. What is your advice? My advice is that don't compare yourself besides what you said, which I agree, is don't compare yourself with anybody else. We, as we started this conversation, fall into that a lot and that hearts, you know, like all our um, aspirations or self-esteem and that is the wrong thing to do. Um, Unfortunately, there is a lot of, you know, like with this open world online, globalized world, we can have access to more and more, you know, uh, um, examples of people living in any other part of the world. So we tend to compare ourselves a lot with the, the results that these people is getting. But in life, we have to learn to embrace the life in that unique and perfect way that is presenting for each of us and the life is designed in a way that is so unique and perfect so we can you know like uh, appreciate that in that in in how it was all done for us as all human beings but in our unique appearance of being here and enjoying the life so comparing ourselves to others is not gonna is not gonna make any good and even if we don't get those, you know, million of dollars, if you have that goal, because you're not gonna, you're not gonna say that in front of anybody, but maybe you're thinking on that, that that's what you want. Because <laughs> that's difficult to admit, right? Like right. I, the reason why I say that is because I also have done that. I see the people and I'm like, wow, it looks so nice, the house. It looks like the perfect life, but let's not, <laughs> because that, that's, that's how I've done it, honestly. But um, let's not get, you know, like uh, perturbed by those uh, things that our eyes can see. There are more things in life. And when we are doing that, we are 
um, eliminating the opportunity, the opportunity in that right moment to be grateful for exactly what you already have. So when we are not grateful for exactly what you already have, we are not getting opening the, the way, you know, the path to actually get more and more stuff that we deserve. So yeah, not, not comparing with anybody else. And the, the life, we have to trust in this wisdom. And is that the life unfolds every single time in the perfect way. That is what we actually need. So we tend to think that we have to be in the six-figure mark or seven figures. Uh, I love because I, I don't believe in that approach, but we, many of us have done that, you know, like dreaming. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, how do we know that we don't need the six figures? How do we know? Because if right now we don't have it, that's how we know that we don't need it. You know, we have to learn to love what we have and it comes from the realization that we and everything that is around us is absolutely enough for our own personal and beautiful path that we are having here in this experience in in the earth so that's my best advice everything is perfect we just tend to find things that are wrong Uh, but nothing is wrong. We're just walking in this path and we just have to enjoy that like amazing journey of, for example, let's say that I'm in my regular job, but I have this idea that I want to start my, you know, a business. Let's jump without fear. Let's see what happens. Let's see what the life is going to throw at me and how I am going to do it. That is a different perspective. It's not coming from stress or fear. It's coming from, let's see, let's be curious what I'm going to do, how I'm going to act, how I'm going to go out of this. So it's more like enthusiastic uh, perspective and feel with curiosity. When we do that, we shift from thinking in the fear, you know, or putting attention to the fear, but more open to what the life is going to bring and embracing that at every single moment. Amen to that. Amen. You said it so perfectly. Yes. Let's embrace life from curiosity. That is the most beautiful thing that you said. Be curious, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Um, be excited. Try. You have so much potential. You have gift of your own. And like you said, just be excited that and wait to see what life gives you. Diane, thank you so much for being here with us and give us some great advice about business. And I love that the fact that you created this dynamic of business strategy that less is more, especially for us women that we are wearing so many hats and one time. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you very much, Valerie. And I wish you all so much peace and love. Thank you so much. Thank you.